0: Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast this week. I'm joined by Bertie. Go Forty. Aloha. Ham. Yeah, I'm here. And your host Hamish here meeting uh, virtually, like we always do in any event, so lockdown or no lockdown. Um, let's dive straight into the Eels vs Titans. Up on the Gold Coast, Eels prevailing 26-8, to eight, five tries to two. Dylan Brown, Sean Lane, Reid Marnie, Hayes Dunster and Ryan Madison all getting over the stripe, while Brian Kelly and Dave Fafita getting over there. That late try to Fafita brought back. Uh, and then just a quick wrap-through of the major stats, 53% possession. We spent 30 minutes to the Titans, 26 in possession, We completed at 80% to the Titans 68%, ran for an extra 400 metres, an extra 200 post-contact metres, nine line breaks to four, 36 tackle breaks to 24. And we won the average play the ball speed, 3.65 seconds to 3.79 seconds. And then just looking into kicks, uh, nothing really much there. Effective tackle 88.9%. We missed 24 to the Titans 36 and had 18 ineffective to the Titans 33. 15 errors, unfortunately, to the Titans 13. Five penalties to three. Two ruck infringements apiece. One inside 10 meters for the Titans. Had two players put on report and one sin bin for the Titans. Um, eight. Interchange one-hand injury assessment each. Um All right, well, let's jump to you, Bertie. What did you like Um first up? Uh, a little bit of change of scenery, although this game was always going to be played at this time on the Gold Coast.
1: Uh, I actually liked um Dylan Brown. Like, he, um I know Moses was out, and he was, like, sort of drifting, like, um, across the field, like, finding an opening, and he seemed like he was everywhere. Like, usually we're used to Moses everywhere, and I know uh, <clears throat> he had to step up, but yeah, he was just everywhere. And, um... Saw the first try he was just uh supporting uh uh madison like feels though like, um look I, i've been waiting i've been waiting for that run from, but dylan brown all season where he literally you know pokes his head through a hole and that she burns the fullback and the fact is he you know he let um made the brimston look second rate like, we just want more of that from you know don't, like, don't be shy and like whether or not he was coming back from um you know his suspension he was a bit nervous or just want to like feel his way into back into the season but you know, it was a big game for him, and um, also the forwards I thought forward, because you look at the um uh, Titans man, they're, they're decent. You know? They've got a, a set of Origin players in their in there, um, they're packing off uh Tino. You know Jared was ex-Origin player. Like it was a fully strength um Titans team. You know, we had a couple of people out, so I'm I'm surprised. I'm happy that we matched them, and yeah, we just um, it's just a bit frustrating seeing those those couple of late tries. But what can you do, man? We we dominated them for like what. Minutes and then last week we just cut it apart. Cam, what did you like? Yeah, that first
2: half. I don't think you get better. Even you know, we I think we only had two mistakes um in that first half, and one of them Guther made up for it by getting the one-on-one strip. So um yeah, just first half all clinical. Um as Birdie said, you know, seeing Dylan break through the line um and taking on the fullback re- reminiscent of his try against the Dragons where he burnt Corey Norman. Um just. You know, I remember after that game, actually, there was a lot of talk that Dylan should have um, drawn and passed and taken the two-on-one. And I just think, you know, you got a young fella there. He's confident. He knows he's quick. He knows he can take on the fullback. And I just, I you know, I think, yeah, it was Dylan's and Maddow's best game of the year. I think that's I think it's because Moses was out that um, the ball, that's just going to go to the more experienced half, and that was Dylan. So instead of go, usually going left when we get a quick play of the ball, we're going right on the quick play of the ball and look how much space and time uh, that offered Dylan and Maddo. Uh, you know, that's the positives. Um, the negatives, yeah, that sort of after the 60 minutes of that, you know, there was a, just a few moments where I think that uh, a bit of intensity, a bit of lack of uh, detail really hurt us um, when Gutho made that break and fl- uh, flung the long ball out to Sivo or Wanga, who should have been there. Um, you know, they should have been there um, or – Gutho could have taken the tackle and then we could have got a quick play of the ball. Um, there was a few other things I had in mind, but they just escaped my memory for the time being. But it's just, you know, that's the difference between us or the uh, Titans look like, not really look like coming back, but getting within 13 of us and us pushing that 40-point barrier. 40?
3: Yeah, uh, this was a, a game where I was mostly pleased with. Uh, the second half obviously left quite a bit to be desired where our lack of killer, uh, not killer instinct, but probably a lack of that quality touch was uh, made evident by the lack of Mitchell Moses and Junior Baller, who uh, obviously Mitchell was a facilitator of pretty much everything for the team, but Junior can also really tighten things up during that second stint that he gets in, in, the, sorry, my microphone, in the second half, um, and we've seen that in recent weeks where he's really made an impact on the game in his second stint, but beyond that, I was really happy with what we did in the first half, I think, outside of a couple of uh, just a, a lack of touch on a couple of our uh, kicks on the fifth tackle. I thought our first half was outstanding, especially considering that Jake was taken out of play for a HIA um, where he was quite bemused by it as well. Cause I think he got knocked over, but I think it was just, I like, hit the shoulder so he wasn't actually concussed <laughs> he got taken off cause I saw it on replay. Uh, but I thought that uh, Dylan did a fantastic job. Obviously that try he scored was scintillating, always good to see him uh, unleashed because we've seen him be in the uh, top echelons of the, uh, the tracked speed uh, stats for the NRL, but it's all been done with our uh, cover tackles and defensive work. So it was nice to see him actually tee off with a little bit of open space and burn one of the quicker uh, fullback prospects in the game in, uh, in uh, AJ uh, Brimson. Um, and the other thing that was big for me was the return of Reed Marnie, uh and how much direction he gives his team, how much quality through the middle. He had the Titans on a string throughout that entire contest uh, and we go back to that Penrith game and I know they were missing Cleary and to a much lesser extent Dylan Edwards, but you could see that had we had Reed in there, it would have been a huge factor in our ability to compete in that game. And I think he's just come on so much this year and his, you know, his importance to this team cannot be understated. It's right up there from Mitchell Moses and Quinton Gufferson.
2: Uh, just the way, you know, you can just, the way, it's the way he uses his forwards as well. I know he's got all those um, trices from the crash balls and all that just to work around the ruck, but, um, I think it was for the uh, for his back-up try, actually, for his try. You see the way he gets his hands on the ball. You can see it on the front on shot there. He's got his hands on the ball shaped like he's going to pass left, and he's actually got his body positioned yeah, to he- pass left. And then he goes right out to uh, Brownie, who does fantastic work, not yeah. only to set up the line-break assist, but to also back up. He and he then froze- he did the two-on-one to Clinton Gutherson.
3: He throws a lot of misdirection and subtlety to the opposition now. There's a lot of nuance to what he's doing in almost every play. Um, he's always looking to engage the markers or see if the markers are, are you know, ready to be picked off. Where it means him running or just linking up for a guy around the ruck. Um, on top of all the, you know, smart kicking he does, and he added another try assist in that game for a little flat ball to Sean Lane on the goal line. And he was just masterful. And I it was, it's, you know, we hadn't had him. We haven't had him in the lineup since round 14 against the Knights, where he went to the Origin camp and then got released prior to the game. Uh, so massive, massive inclu- inclusion. I thought Red was really good in, in the absence of Junior. I thought uh, Hayes Dunster had his best game,
2: and I that, thought it was Brownie's best game of the year. Uh, that Bra- the Brownie way. was
3: right up there, yeah, nearly two hundred meters, uh, a ton of uh, tackles, some great ball playing at the line and support. He was there in that Reed money try that you
2: mentioned, Ham. But yeah, that um, nearly had nearly had two tries, just both to Kafusi. Yeah,
3: what about, really about Augie? Inches there. inches short on two occasions, and that would have been a fantastic capstone and what was a great game off the bench for Augie outside of one error on halfway, he was dominant off the bench.
0: Yeah, and I think um just adding on to those things, Ryan Madison as well, having probably his best game of the season, Easily. especially since coming back from that kafusi head knock. Um just adding on to Reed Marnie, just the way that he engages the markers, even even if he isn't um, you know, able to slot in behind, he holds their attention um, because there's always that indecisiveness whether or not he will run and take them on. And that just frees up that little bit of space behind the ruck. And I think, um, Ham, you touched on Nathan Brown having his best game, and that's where Nathan Brown does his best work is in behind those two A and Bs at at marker, where there's a little bit of space there. And the way that Nathan Brown charges onto that um, ball uh, with Reed there, just engaging those two markers, it just makes so much more space in behind the ruck. And um, that's something that I thought we were missing, especially in those games with readout, is that I think I talked about it after the Penrith game, is engaging spaces, not faces. And I thought this game was really good in that, you know, there was a lot of those uh, hitting hitting the space as opposed to trying to um, smash into the opposition front on. Um, And I thought we played a lot smarter around the ruck, um, especially in that first half, as you guys touched on, second half left a little bit to be desired. Um, but again, with Moses back in, hopefully in the next couple of weeks after we get to some news about him, um, we'll, we'll we'll see us closing out games like we did earlier in the season. But again, it's another 13-plus win. Um, you can't be too unimpressed with all of that. And, um, and I thought we comfortably controlled the game from minute one to, to the 79th.
3: One thing I wanted, I wanted to mention, that's not a big deal, but it might be a, a big deal in relation to the player, but I think that Mike Acevo is starting to bring a little bit of juice to his ruck work. We saw a line break in that game uh, on the back of a good uh, ruck carry, and I think in general he's starting to be a little bit more aggressive with his carries coming out of his own half.
2: Yeah, um, I want to add on to that 40, but I just want to go back to Hamish there. Just that work that, you know, if you're comparing the two games, Penrith and Titans, forget the opposition for a second. In the Penrith game, we had to go to our halves to create the space, whereas in the Titans game, Reedy was creating all the space on the inside, Mm. and then we only had to go two passes wide of the ruck. And the space was there. Whereas against Penrith, you know, we had to go a little bit wider. And, then, you know, instead of creating space two passes wide, the space is created behind the ruck. I think mean, that's why, you know, Matto had that, all that space. As you've said, Brownie had the space and everything. Um, Now on 40s, your comment was remind me for a sec Sivo. Oh, yeah, Sivo actually
3: starting yeah. to cut the ball up with a little bit of venom.
2: Oh, you know, the whole, the back three were excellent for it. Even um, Wanga Blake. I think that he's he reminds me. Well, not reminds me, but I think the way he plays a, a young younger Michael Jennings in that if you give him early ball, it'll get him into the game. Whereas if he doesn't get that early ball, like and just not early ball as in terms of before the defensive line. I'm just talking about minutes wise. If you get him a few carries before the fifth minute, he can be into a game. Whereas I think that if he doesn't get those early touches, sort of the game just sort of washes over him he doesn't really get involved. So yeah, huge from my oh from that left edge. Really good work that, you know, when Fur goes out that they can step up and take those meters.
0: And I think just to touch on the game overall, um, whilst you know, Titans haven't travelled too well this season, um, I thought team played as a really good whole uh, coming together, especially in circumstances where they were missing Junior and Moses, but also in circumstances where they had to relocate to the Gold Coast that week. The uncertainty, you know, being away from home, being away from family, having that news coming out from NRL that they weren't going to put families up. Now they've reversed on that. It seems like they will come into the bubble. But um. You know, it must be difficult. We saw a couple of other teams, Newcastle Knights, spring to mind where they just didn't show up because they were probably, you know, dealing with some mental demons in respect of that change. But the the team came out and put on a really good team performance, I thought. Um, so I think they should be applauded for that, um, given the uncertainty that surrounded the league and also that they've had to travel up and sit on the Gold Coast, be the first game up there. And they're coming up a team which is based on the Gold Coast, uh, had... Pretty much all of their players in, and um, yeah, they had what three backups from Origin. But and Dave
3: Fafito, would have been ready to tee off after being uh, made the sit out Origin due to the suspension. So
0: he was hooked after twenty-one minutes. That's how poor he, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was
2: getting found out. Um, Ryan Madison was just bathing him. Um, well, I think that was good, good strategy there, just because you know that um, Fafito loves his big run, but then when it comes to tough factor. stuff, when it comes mm-hmm. to the tackles, he's you know goes
0: goes missing. Yeah, and Desire Papali, what what did he churn out? Like 130 metres and, and a couple of tackle breaks, and it was a quiet yeah. game for him. So. Yeah, quite game. 30, <laughs> the, the
3: standards are tackles. insane, aren't they? Oh, God.
0: Yeah, yeah but most of the back five making uh, over 100 metres is really good to see because that's where our game sort of based is, getting those early metres and then getting forwards onto the ball. And, uh, yeah, I thought we, we ran that really well.
2: Well, especially with Moses out, you're not getting those extra, you know, 10, 20 metres on kick, so you got to make it up through your running game.
3: That that is something that I think is worth mentioning too is that even if the, the short game was lacking a little bit, I think that that was Dill's best long kicking game of the season too. He found a little bit of more oomph on some of those kicks that it wasn't otherwise getting earlier this year. So it wasn't Mitchell Moses by any means, but it was an upgrade on Dill's one of Dill's weaker aspects of his game. So
2: there's just one kick that annoys me from Dill, and it's the one when he's he's out on the right hand side, and I think the kicks on for the it's a bomb the um type of kicks right. I just think the placing of the kick, he hooks it back into the middle of the field. And I think there, if you can get a kick into the corner from a bomb and you can smash them on the first tackle, you can smash them on the second tackle and they're in the corner, whereas he's kicking it to the middle of the field, they can play both sides of the ruck there. That's just, it's one thing I've noticed, you know, it only happens once once or two, maybe even twice a game, if that, but it's just that, I think it's that sort of attention to detail that, you know, I think will come with Dill in time.
0: Yeah, it was obvious that – and Jake Harper, I didn't mention that, going out with a HIA, which he seemed a bit perturbed about. I think he just got thrown off the tackle. He got got bumped off on the Um,
3: shoulder and then just they they made it look like on replay it was a lot worse than it was (laughs) because when he came off the sideline, he was like, what's going on?
0: um, But, yeah, his his and Dill's kicking games, you know, it's just that regular thing that instead of landing right on the trial line, they're landing 10, 15 metres out. Um, but, you know, that, that's some things that they've got to work on in the next couple of weeks, given the, the Moses news. Um, all right, well, before we get to the Moses news, do we want to have a look at the other games? Considering we were the first one, it was nice to just sit back and
2: relax and, uh, you know, enjoy what was probably one of the closer rounds of the, the year so far. It was actually enjoyable. A lot of the games were just, you know, that Roosters Cowboys game. I really enjoyed that one because it went right to the last minute pretty much. I know the Roosters ended up being sixteen point winners. Correct, but that game was not sixty. That was a that was a converted try. The difference between that game for me, that oh, was a- Sorry, I was just going to go
0: back. There was one yeah, oh, thing we didn't touch on um, in the Titans game was that the practice in bidding. Fair enough. Yeah. Although I, mean, I don't think we'll say the consistency throughout no, the rest that, of the year.
3: That, that, that's the, the issue is that they haven't been consistent about it. But I think that that is in the spirit of the original mission statement on the crackdown to eliminate some of this, you know, grubbiness and dangerous uh, tactics and, and dangerous defensive tactics in the game. So if you're going to drop someone on their head, you should be sitting in the bin for sure.
2: Yeah, you put your hands between your the opposition's legs and lift. Yeah. And no no other decision, really.
3: The, the bigger injustice there is the fact that he didn't actually get suspended because that was a really dangerous tackle.
2: All right,
0: well, let's jump on to the next game. Manly thirty-two, Dragons eighteen. Dragons up to their eyeballs till half time, and then um, a couple of those big boys. That second rower for Manly, not Schuster, the other bloke. Um. Olakowatu. Yeah, Olakowatu. Yeah, he's just destroying people. Yeah,
3: he's having a good year.
0: It's nothing not else people. out on. Dragons are shit. Corey yeah, Norman's yeah, well, awful. That, Glad we got rid of him. That, that
3: is the moral of it too, because no Tommy Tiboivitch and the, the Dragons should have really taken it to Manly. Had a lot to play for after the uh, whole backlash out of. Uh, uh Vaughn Gate or whatever you want to call it. The the a weekend barbecues. at Vaughn's yeah weekend at Vaughn's <laughs> and you know they, they still had a relatively good uh, good team in terms of like their roster, not in terms of like a good NRL team due to the fact the NRL allowed them to stagger suspensions and yeah that's uh, a bit embarrassing.
2: But yeah just if you have got to talk about one player from this game it's gotta be Josh Schuster. Uh, Forty and I have known about Josh Schuster since he was mm-hmm. fourteen, fifteen years old. He's always had the size of a second rower and just the hands of a halfback, and he's just he, he's just dominated juniors, and it looks like he's going to dominate first grade. So good on the young fellow. Um, unfortunate that Manly pinched him from us when he was 14 years old, 15 years old. His but big
3: brother was in their system, which was what yeah. allowed that to happen. That's and the yeah. way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yep. and Manly got themselves a good one there. Yeah, um, the, the only thing about Josh is a little bit of grubbiness in his game, but uh, geez, the talents there. He is. is When when you got
2: that talent, I think you can, you know, you backing up the grubbiness. It's not, (laughs) yeah. uh, For another former real Um, S. Kepi. Oh, that's a bit too obvious. We'll say Sean K. Um, Not sure he has the on-field talent to back up his grubbiness yet.
3: He's had he's had some decent stints, uh, the the player you are referring to, but geez, he also has some errors in his game, and we saw that in this game, uh, multiple drop balls, uh, which fortunately didn't cost Manly, but yeah, yeah, the Manly team very odd though. A uh, couple of role players really standing up. Like you mentioned, Hamish who has been a real standout for them. Uh, Saab has had some really good moments uh, in terms of how they've been utilising him, just sort of teeing off of his speed and his aerial ability. But yeah, this team uh, will live and die by Tommy, but Josh Schuster's doing a pretty good job being that number two.
0: All right, then Cowboys Roosters. Um, the close fair again for most of the game. Roosters yeah. without all their cattle, you know, losing 70 players. And still experienced still players more rep year. players than
3: most teams, by the way. Like not, sorry, not, they've lost all that cattle. Still more representative players than most NRL teams.
0: <laughs> yeah, like true. Not, not even joking. Um, but still, I have to say, that, you know, they're, they're working their asses off to get these wins. Yeah, and even though they are against lower place teams, they're going to find it difficult come finals. But but really putting in in a couple of these. Angus Crichton, I think he's up there as one of the best second rows in the, in okay. the game. He's yeah. fantastic.
3: Gus is a weapon, and he scored a nice try in this game. Uh, love watching the Hammer play. Um, hammer, so Tabuay has been. Uh, really fun to watch for the Cowboys and see him in fullback's always good.
2: Um, Tell you what, um, Scotty Drinkwater, I think he's coming to his own a little he, bit. He,
3: sort of. He's uh, he's uh, got some talent, Scotty, but he also makes some bad decisions at times. Uh, but not as bad as uh, the reincarnation of Ben Roberts in Tom Dian, oh, who, Tom <laughs> who makes, makes a great wasn't our twelve games <laughs> without a win. A great line break of a big dummy in step and step, <laughs> trips over himself and loses the ball in open field.
2: Yeah, oh. they were right in there. I thought they were um, unlucky, the Cowboys, there. Sort of at the end. They're showing a bit of uh, ticker, the, the Cowboys. They gave away three, six against in, yeah, two in five
3: plays or something like that, I think they said.
2: No, it was, it was two tackles, I'm oh, pretty sure. Oh, there you go.
3: I saw someone else say it was five plays, so I'll, I'll trust you on that one.
2: It was and something ridiculous. No, no
3: so warning. So. At no that bini. point,
2: you know, you just on the third one, doesn't. You know, they say, oh, we've got to give the warning. If you're giving away three that's penalties, that's deliberate, cynical. That's there. Especially when the game's so close, and it's nearly, you know, time-wise, I thought the Cowboys really unlucky there. And you know, if the Roosters did have that player, uh, Sinbin like they deserved, well, you know, who knows what that game finishes as. Uh, Raiders thirty-four,
0: Sharks eighteen. Sharks, one of the bigger disappointments of the season. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, I think they they lost a lot of their ticker when they resold John Morris, and they've had they've had some individual players be all right. Uh, the Sean Johnson
0: was really good up until he signed that deal with the Warriors. <laughs> the <laughs> last two games, he has just not given a single shit. <laughs> uh,
3: but yeah, the Sharky is the team of like some decent individual pieces. Uh, I know Will Kennedy's had a breakout season and Connor Tracy's been a good utility player for him. But I don't know. just The, the direction of the halves probably isn't there after Sean Johnson fell apart, like you mentioned, Hamish. Uh, their forward pack's lacking some uh, punch for the middle. I think that Toby Rudolph and Ueli are pretty good, but... Aiden uh, Aiden Tolman and Aaron Woods are more shock absorbers than anything else. So, I don't know. Uh, the Raiders got out of this game with a lot of injuries, though, which we'll get to in our preview, but they battled for this one. So, you know, you sort of have to be aware of the Wounded Raider, I suppose, because they are showing that they've still got a bit of punch in them. They can score 34 points, even with uh, a banged up Jack Whiten and company in this game.
0: Um, yeah, so Raiders coming out of that game, you know, they've still got some pieces, but I thought they're, they're most... Dangerous weapon, Savage, the youngster. Yeah. Um. He injured his AC shoulder. and will be out for a while. It looks like Whiten's going to be out as well. Yeah, they've,
3: they've, they've uh, pulled the plug on Savage for the season. The AC joint injury, they're just going to put him on ice and let him develop for 2022 now.
0: Um. Okay, we're well, jumping into the next game. Uh, one of those ones where you could turn it off after five minutes. <laughs> Storm
2: 48, Knights 4. I think uh, I turned it off after, yeah, as soon as kickoff, I was like, ah, uh, Knights no, aren't going get to even get close on this. I'm surprised it was... Only 44 points in it, to be honest.
3: Yeah, shame on Melbourne, right? <laughs> uh, the, the, the Knights, and people were sort of talking how they were trending upwards because of the return of Ponga and how that was going to make him have a huge charge into the finals. I think this just uh, reinforced the gap between them and you know what it takes to be a contender in this game or in this uh, competition because the Storm just cruised in this game. They, they weren't even trying. George Jennings ended up flattening Caelan Ponga at some point in that game. Justin Olam had a field day down the left edge. And uh, Nico Hines continues to excel at fullback, which will give the Storm a a real headache when Ryan Pappenhausen is finally healthy and recovered from that uh, awful concussion he's been suffering since Magic Round. So I don't know how they're going to juggle those two in the fullback role or in the starting lineup, one one way or another. But yeah, Hines looking very, very good. And I'm sure Cronulla are happy with his performances. Uh, Probably the one thing from this one, and you mentioned it earlier, Hamish, when you're talking about teams relocating, but. NRL 360 really went in on the Newcastle Knights and their coach, uh, Adam O'Brien, because of the excuses he was making about the relocation because he was trying to protect his players. Uh You know, that's why they went in this game because of the difficulty of the relocation and whatnot. Uh, wh- what was your take on that? Do you think uh, it was fair of O'Brien to protect his plays when they haven't put in like that?
0: Yeah, it's a bit hard, isn't it? I'm, I, I don't know much what's going on at Newcastle, but I can sort of see them with their easy run home while you just burn a game against Storm and then keep your spine ready to try uh, make a finals push because they're pretty close to those the, the bottom of the eight there Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the correct were <laughs> the yeah,
3: correct are it's, it's a tricky situation for a coach isn't it Like it definitely know, is and you know it's something that we're, we're, we're sort of somewhat familiar with uh, with the eels and Brad never made excuses and I suppose you know that was a for better or worse thing but I think it's been for the better of the playing group
0: by and large hasn't it yeah definitely um, all right, next next game, Warriors 16, Panthers 30. Warriors sort of, they were into into it, and, and old Kane Evans there, um, <laughs> fold some, see you next Tuesday. Um, was he um, meaning fold fold some, uh, some oranges? <laughs> yes, some washing, given that he was the 18th man. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, but Warriors, just they can't catch a break. Tohu Harris going down in oh the first my 10 minutes. Oh, God. Uh,
3: Tohu Harris... Uh, I think Jazz Tavana got dusted up that game too, and they lost someone else. Uh, one of the halves, wasn't it? No, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck. Yeah. He knocked himself out uh, making a, a tackle on the last. They were up there, up in this game to their eyeballs. They had Penrith on the back foot, and just they didn't have the gas to go after missing their uh, best forward, and then one of their best backs between him and between RTS and Reese Walsh. So that was really unfortunate. Uh, the Warriors have been so courageous for the better part of two seasons now. And they've just had so much shit go against them between uh, being forced to relocate multiple times, not just in New South Wales, but now to, to Queensland. Uh, it'd be nice to see them get a, a bit of a lucky break, but it wasn't to be in this case.
0: And then on to Broncos against West Tigers. Broncos 24, Wests 42. Um, Broncos, they just seemed to be in control of this game until the last 20 minutes, and then it just all fell apart.
3: <laughs> oh, this game was a mess. Uh there the really was a pitted mice to me on that David Nofaluma try where it was a slapstick Benny Hill scramble for the ball, uh, Corey Oates tries to push it there but he can only push it half a centimetre back and then Tessie New tries to hoof it dead and <laughs> misses it, allowing Nofaluma to score. You're right Hamish, Brisbane were in ascendancy in this game for vast majority of it and they just let it slip and the Tigers capitalised. Uh, I thought former Eel Stefano Toikemano was pretty good for the Tigers, scored a nice try, had a good running battle with Payne Haas but I don't know. Uh, I know that the, the Tigers are going to be using this as a platform to build towards the finals, but it was a, a pretty loose affair. And
0: yeah, should, but West Tigers win. now certainties for the final following this game, so that's great.
3: <laughs> Birdie, you want to chime in on this one, brother?
1: Uh just, I don't know, man. Like, Broncos, you'd think, like, you'd think any day they can win the game, right? Or any, every time they win, Tigers, just birds. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking shit. Like, seriously. Like, you free. free I don't, I don't... What can't they be shit? What can't like? No, sorry. What can't they be? What can't they come last? That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh,
3: it's part of it's the true. curse. They're not bad enough to come last. They're not good enough to make the finals. It's, but uh, like, you'd they're, think they're you like, think
1: you think a team that has Stags, who's like X Factor, like he and has like you think they can get their shit together and like who's that, that, speaking to speaking like, of Stags he, it,
3: though, you, you make a good uh, point there. I thought it was a very disappointing game from him. The real chance to stamp his authority on a lesser team, and he just was not involved.
1: Like, like, the Bulldogs are a worse team, worse roster than the Broncos, and yet they put in, like, they, they put in effort. Like, you just put, you put Stags and Hastings in the Bulldogs, and they they'd kill their Tigers. Like, I just, oh, I don't know. Like, maybe they felt like it felt thrilled for them because they got their premiere, you know, Monday, like, for the Tiger Tail shit docker, whatever <laughs> it is, hashtag our docker, whatever. I don't, know. like,
3: I, so- I, I know we're flush with outside Max coming through. Uh, we'll talk about a rookie shortly in our preview, and we also had the likes of Sean Russell debut this year. Uh, but would you take a flyer on Tessie New? He's raw and he's got some dumb shit in his game, but he has some quality too. Uh, would you Would you take a flyer on him as a outside back depth piece for us? I think he is off contract if NRL.com is able to
2: I thought you were going to go in another direction there. But um, in terms of Tessie, I think he he probably sees himself and he probably wants to see himself as a spine player. and yeah, He seems like a fullback. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I just think that you know, up at the Broncos, he's going to be their fullback because Jermaine Osako is – you know, he's got limited to all, not limited to He's not he's only, good. No, that's, yeah, put it bluntly. Um, I think, yeah, Tessie has a bit of footwork, a bit of ball playing, um, judging by what I remember him as, as a junior. He's a hard worker. So I think, you know, if you with the Broncos, it's just you got to find blokes like Tessie, you got to find blokes like Payne and you got to put experience around them because I just think that's what the Broncos are missing. But I actually thought, I, I'll, I'll say the player that I wouldn't mind, if everybody else wants to have a go about Tessie.
3: Are they off contract?
2: Oh, they could be. <laughs> it better <laughs> not be Corey
1: Oates. Seriously. If you said Corey, oh, no. I'm the podcast.
2: now. <laughs> uh, no, he's actually, um, this fellow has impressed me every time I've seen him. Every time I've seen him play this year, he's just been, I reckon one of the Broncos best backs and that's Herbie Farnworth. The professor. Oh, Herbie.
3: He, re, he re-upped him though. So you'd have to be getting him off contract, I think. Sorry. I have yeah, to be... But, but he's, he's, he's really good. I like Herbie. Yeah. I really like Herbie.
2: I think that, well, actually, the Tigers game, statistically, in terms of his running metres, it's actually worse and he's still ran for 96 metres. He's cracked 200 a couple of times. He's always pushing the, you know, mid-100s. And I just think, I think they've got something there, the Broncos. It's just like the same with Tessie New and Payne Haas. He's got to put the better players, like, experienced players around them. But, you know, with these young guys coming through, you've got Nick, uh, Brendan, Pia Cora, you know, all these young guys, they're just putting young guys, young guys, young guys. But there's no one to show them like how to win, and that's yeah. you know that's what the Broncos were. You had your Lockyers, you had your Webkeys, Severn, Seaver, Tony Carroll, yeah. Brad yeah. Thorne. Like these were winners, and they showed the young guys, and that's the what ropes. they were good for such a long period of time because they had those winners, and then they had the juniors coming through learning the winning mentality, and it just it lasted forever. It's the same with the Storm. You know they've got these old guys, Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk. Uh, um Cameron Munster to an extent. Bromwich. Then you've got the young guys coming through and they learn how to win. I agree. Alright,
0: that's enough Broncos talk. Come yeah, on. Sorry. <laughs> um Bulldogs, I how that eventually the
3: brain snap of the season, baby.
0: thirty two, <laughs> Bulldogs twenty-four. Um a game that was a lot closer than it seemed destined to be at the outset. Um given the Bulldogs came in, I think, at eleven dollars, underdogs. Um but yeah, what what was going on there at halftime?
3: <laughs> got told he's going back to reserve grade by uh Cody Walker and uh Lewis did Lock and Lewis did not like that. <laughs> Put the old uh, judo throw on. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I think that's the least grubby thing that Cody Walker's done in several
3: years. <laughs> well that was that was prime or primo grub on grub action right there because Lock and Lewis has got plenty of grubbiness in his game and uh geez he cost the dogs massively. They were in that game. They had yeah. really, really uh upset the rabbitos throughout that contest. Um and uh, former Eels prospect Bailey Beyond had a really nice touch as the uh, reserve or the impact dummy half set up a try for Aaron Shop and scored one later for himself. But yeah, Lock and Lewis, what a what a brain fade or a brain. Fart, yeah, even after remember.
2: he was, you know, when uh, BBO scored there, the dogs were still right in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were what would have been twenty four twenty
3: six. Correct. Yes, twenty four twenty six. Yeah.
2: So yeah, that's. I'm oh, twenty eight,
3: maybe. No, yeah, twenty four, twenty eight, yeah, because and uh, else did not add the conversion in the last attempt there. Yeah, yeah. So twenty
2: four, twenty eight, they were right in that. And, That's two you know, weeks I now. Think...
3: They they nearly took the Roosters the week before as well. So yeah, Can I right? but, but just then
2: space... it's... oh, sorry, go. Ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say the Dogs did the same thing last year. The Dogs did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, when before. the
3: pressure is completely off at the back end of a the season, they start putting together some reasonable performances, making you think, yeah, you know what, they might challenge for the eight next year. And th- it's been a stream of like three or four seasons now they've done that. When the pressure's
0: off at the back end
3: of the season, they, they start...
0: didn't do it last year. Oh, there you go. So
3: they broke the streak last oh, year. I wasn't
0: last year. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to get rid of Dean Pay at that point. So
3: ah, oh, oh, right. yes, yeah. But prior to that, they'd actually had a couple of seasons where they did exactly what we're talking about: uh, be uh, you know putting together a promising end to a season to make you think that they're going to compete, and then no. I suppose the difference here this year is they've actually got some quality recruits coming in terms of Addo Car, Matt Burton, and now. Uh, the recently, I don't know if it's official yet, but the, it's been spoken about in the media as if it's official. to a Pango Jr. So they got some some big names coming. I don't know if it's enough, but that between that and and his uh, his and the biggest name, his, his gaudiness, Philip Ronald Gould, Sir Ronald Gould. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Can I, just, can I just say, since um uh the South house was snubbed for Origin, they've put in they haven't put in any good performances. Like, look, they versus the West Tigers, they were hardly flattering. And then, they, like, this week, like, um, they versed uh, the board uh, so the Bulldogs, and they just did shit all, like... For everyone saying, oh, they should have played Origin, they, you know, we would have won the games. Look at the two games they versed. They've versed a, like, A-grade team doc- documentary that's more focused on documentaries, mate. And they've versed the Bulldogs team, which is, like, you know, Ron Massey Cup squad. Like, I just... They're shit. They're and overrated, and I can't wait to flog them in a couple of weeks.
3: <laughs> and the big thing for of this game was the hamstring injury to Alex Johnston. Derails his, his attempt to crack 30 tries for the season and I think they'll be able to replace him relatively well because their backline functions pretty smoothly, regardless if they're playing George Jennings or Robert Jennings out there or uh, Alex Johnston. I know Robert Jennings isn't there anymore, but he, he did some work against us in 2018. Um, but, yeah, uh, they're, they're going to be all right, I think. I think you're right, about the halves sort of have been trending downwards a little bit recently. But on the flip side, they've got some good young forwards that are really digging in. Uh, Kahlon Matangi is a real good young prospect. Uh, and, then you know, Karen Murray, obviously, origin player. So... Yeah, I'm looking forward to that matchup against him in a few weeks, but, you know, that'll give us a chance to get back into third place. All
0: right, well, let's jump across to some news. So, the first one is the NRLW. Um, so, the headline coming out is that there's no plans to cancel the NRLW, but the schedule may need to be condensed. So... Um, Again, they were meant to start pre-season last week. There's been limited news that's been coming out. They were meant to uh, offer an update this week, but the only update is there's no suggestion of cancelling it. We're absolutely committed to it and maintaining the integrity of the competition. So um, we'll just have to wait and see what they can do in respect of the NRLW. But again, if you're an Eels fan, go out and get a NRLW membership. I think it's 50 bucks for adults, 40 bucks for kids. Um, well worth it. Uh, next one is... Injury update. So Mitch Moses uh, turns out in minute in the first ten minutes of Origin three he uh, broke his back. Um, so is it a vertebrae, a, a minor back fracture?
3: I don't think they specify because on three sixty Kent was saying he hadn't heard if it was the back of the ribs or the vertebrae. So, um, but yeah, regardless, you know, buddy Cook and Tedesco and White and too heavy to carry man broke the poor bastard's back.
0: Yeah, especially Whiten and, um, and Cook, and are both <laughs> yeah, awful
3: yeah, in that game. Yeah, uh, But th- this is something, that's been an aspect of Mitch's game that's been really underrated for a couple of seasons now, was his toughness. Uh, he's really gone from being, uh, I don't want to say a prima donna, but they probably had that reputation coming out of Wests, and I think that he's worked hard on it at Parramatta to uh, make himself the player he is now, and that's b- been a big part of it: is his ability to forge through injuries that would otherwise have sidelined him and Obviously in 2020 he had that real bad calf injury, which is a little bit of a different matter. But geez, what a, what an effort. Seventy minutes of origin with a cracked back and still played some good football in that second half. He really, you know, put the blues into the mix for that uh that win for that series sweep. And unfortunately the rest of the team couldn't come with him. Or yeah, well, parts of the rest of the team couldn't come with him.
0: Um then the only other news is the uh the premiere of uh Tiger Town or whatever it was yesterday. Um <laughs> As much that as we like good to good. mem on the Tigers, and, you know, there was lots of material in there, especially Justin Pascoe's appearance. Um, that man does not look like a CEO of anything. Um, I thought it was really good insight, actually, to, to sort I of get mean, behind the scenes. It, that's uh, sort of I know footage. it's all that, that blow smoke up uh, Madge's ass, but far out, Madge deserves better than those uh, <laughs> Tigers p hearts.
2: I'll tell you what, if our players showed as much Interest in what the coach says is the Tigers players, I'd be ropeable. You're
3: <laughs> not wrong. You're not wrong.
2: The, the uh, buddy Moses and my daughter was more interested. Um, <laughs> that's also true. Yeah.
3: But uh, as someone, and Hamish, you'd appreciate this too, coming from an NFL so, like supporter and background, seeing hard knocks and uh, what's the Amazon version?
2: Uh, uh we're all NFL supporters here. Well, go yes. go packs go packs uh Uh,
3: what's the what's the amazon version birdie the one uh all or nothing nothing, yeah all or nothing yeah having those sort of uh insights into into team operations even if they're doled up and glorified and definitely trying to paint the team in a certain positive light it is so cause and neutral being able to see that sort of stuff so as much as like you said ham if you like to uh punch down onto the tigers and, and meme on them uh it is really cool in accessing insight so i hope it it gets good ratings, I hope it uh, encourages more uh, sort of productions.
1: Now we know why Stefano left us, mate. He didn't even left us in the first grade. He left us because he was going to be on this documentary. That's one step closer to Home and Away. So, Tigers, <laughs> a couple of years he's leaving you, a Bunch. Suck on that, mate.
2: <laughs> well, the Tigers have a lot of homes, so they're never I away.
1: Oh, but can I, like, legit, like, I have never sat down, besides watching Paramount play, I've never been excited, nervous before the launch. I was, I was so happy. And you know what? I was satisfied last night. I couldn't stop laughing. It was honestly, I expected better. It was a shit show from the start. Like, as, you know, Ham said, "This CEO it doesn't look qualified, mate. It doesn't even, it looks like some, I've seen pe- better people working at McDonald's than him. Like, this guy's, and and that's what burns me more because when he came out and said, this stadium is not theirs, it's ours. Mate, we have a fucking like, dress code. You'll never make it past the front door. So, you know, <laughs> suck on that, hashtag our, our doco. Screw you all. <laughs> Uh, All
0: right. Well, let's um, get out of the news and the Tigers docker and jump into the upcoming rounds preview. Um, we'll start off with the headline act of the round, which is Thursday, 22 July. Eels taking on the Canberra Raiders, 7.50 p.m. Um, so where are we taking on? It we We're back at c Superstag, so our home away from home. Uh, Eels in fourth, taking on Raiders in ninth. And let's have a look at the team list for the Raiders uh, with a couple of injuries to... Um, CNK is out for the year. Caleb Aikens is out. And then Savage got injured. So they're down to Jordan Rapana at fullback. On the wing, Harley Smith Shields and Semi Valame. Centres, Jared Croker, Sebastian Chris. In the halves, Matt Frawley, Sam Williams uh, with Whiten being out. In the forwards, Josh Papalii and Emre Gula with Josh Hodgson starting hooker. Second row, Corey Harawira Naira. Hudson Young and Ryan Sutton comes in at lock. Then on interchange, Tom Starling, uh, Matthew Tomoko, uh, Soliola and Joseph Tarpody. instead Extended bench: Caleb Akins, Ryan James, Saliva Habili, Trey Mooney. Former Eel Trey Mooney, is that right?
3: Correct. Former junior prospect.
0: Um, then for the Eels, fullback and captain Clint Gutherson on the wings, Makasivo and Blake Ferguson returns to first grade. First time in a long while. And then the debutant, Will Pennacini and Wanga Blake in Ooh. the centres. Halves are Dylan Brown, Jake Arp- Arthur uh, returns to the team given that uh, Moses has that back injury. Starting props, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paulo at hooker, Reed Marnie. Second row is I Papali'i, Ryan Madison, Nathan Brown at lock. Bench is Maradine Okoray, Sean Lane, Oregon Cafusi, Will Smith. And extended bench is Hayes Dunster, Bryce Cartwright. Right, Makahesi Makatoa and Joey Lussick. All right, referee is Adam G. Senior Review Official Henry Perinara, Phil Henderson and Peter Goh are the touch judges. All right, so Will Penasini comes in. Ham, 40, take the floor.
3: Ham, you can lead the one on this on this judge.
2: Uh, oh, I've been uh, banging the drum for Will Penasini, mm-hmm. I think since he was about 16, so... Um, finally, they have listened to me. Uh, put him in first grade. <laughs> um, nah, look, Will's just been he's been one a stud, yeah.
3: He's been a stud since day one in the juniors.
2: He's just there was. I actually remember, uh, we were down at Cabramatta one time watching him, and I think we looked at each other and go, Ah, oh, you know, he might lose some speed, he might be become a second rower. Yep, boy, did he prove us wrong? Yeah,
3: he, he definitely. <laughs> We had that discussion saying, you know, he's, he's so big and athletic in this grade, but so often with those sort of prospects, you see when they get to 18, 19, they start to lose a little bit of that lateral agility, and you might need to track him into the second row, but he, like you said him, he has made us eat those words. He's been outstanding in the New South Wales Cup this year, playing centre. He's had a murderous role of reserve grade centres he's faced this year. It's had him perfectly positioned to make this debut because he's just played nothing but NRL centres in reserve grade.
2: It has worked... Much, that- and then when he has played... Sort of, you could say, a reserve grade centre. He's just come on top and absolutely dominated them. So, mm-hmm. you know, for someone that missed a year of development, the way he's just kicked on, you know, what he, what, where would he have been, you know? But anyway, we're here now, and he's making his first grade debut. Couldn't be happier for the young man.
3: And I think the the thing worth mentioning is that he's been an offensive powerhouse in the cup, uh, averaging, I think, 180 metres, six tackle breaks a try a game, or close to, across the last couple of months. But equally, it's been his defense that has really come on in leaps and bounds. And in that same period, I think he's, he's making an average of, uh, I want to say, it's double-digit tackles because he's had some big numbers. Uh, so it's probably like 12 or 13 tackles a game, but his tackle efficiency is right up there at 95%, if I recall correctly off the top of my head. So he has been killing it on both sides of the ball. He's played left and right um, in reserve grade, and he's going to come into this game playing right center, I dare say, given that he's replacing Tom Opochik. So unless they're going to do another switcheroo and put Ferguson and Wanga together, which I, I seriously doubt, he'll play right. But yeah, I am really hyped for this one because he is the real deal. And I think uh, physically he is so much more ready for first grade than Sean Russell or Jacob Alphara. So there's a chance he can make a real impact on Thursday night.
0: And the return of Ferguson over Hayes Dunster, who um seemed to have his best game of the <laughs> season. Um, right. Unfortunately, do you think that was uh, something that was sort of seen? Did they, did they want to get Ferguson's some? And- some metres in the legs given the run home to the final so I not think kept that's, on ice I think that's
3: definitely part of it and I was speaking to you boys prior to the podcast saying that uh, I think that there might be a thought that uh, you know getting bike Ferguson in his prime and firing gives us the best chance to win the title which you know it makes a lot of sense right Fergo at his best is a, a top 5 winger in the competition obviously hasn't been there for big stretches of this year especially in defence but you want to know if he can get back to that point and I think it starts this week and unfortunately for Hayes the timing is brutal because that was a career best game against the Titans, had that sensational pick up and try off the uh, the kick, and uh, also pumped out a, t- a ton of meters. So he did nothing wrong against the Titans, but the um, Eels just looking to see if they can get Fergo firing, which makes
2: sense. And yeah, yeah, and on the no back reserve grade like you got a, we might see a bit of um, rotation amongst the team. True,
3: that that is another thing worth mentioning. Him is that no Reggie, so you do have to be able to have these guys ready to go, which means rotation. So. And that's probably why Bryce Cartwright might be a victim this week as well. So,
1: so do you think Sivo might get arrested?
3: The The That'd thing here, cool. the thing at play here is that Ferguson and Dunster are both right-edge specialists, whereas Sivo is like our only left-edge specialist. Technically, Sean Russell plays left-edge wing too, which is who would replace Sivo, I dare say. But yeah, I think in this case, it's it's equal parts rotation and, and trying to get Fergo back to his best because that is going to be huge for us if we can.
0: So will it line up with Ferguson and... Um, will Penasini on the right? Is I believe that, so, uh, yeah.
3: That, that, that is my take on it. I don't think they'd try and reunite Ferguson and Wanga.
0: I don't think you could. No, I'd, n- no chance. All right. Um, how do we think our defense is going to hold up on that edge, given That's that, that Jake Arthur's Arf- going to be there?
3: I mean, Dylan will help hold that edge together, I feel like.
0: Oh, it's Dill going to play the, the right edge, is he? Yeah, Dill will play right. Yeah, yeah, true. Yep. And, um,
3: and Maddo is pretty solid defensively too, so you'd like to think that those two could at least uh, shepherd – the other two in a position. I think you know we spoke about before. Will Pennisi's defensive numbers been really good this year. He's made some good reads in general as well. So hopefully the the, the moment isn't too big for him and he doesn't you know get uh, that deer and headlight sort of a uh, look in defense. But assuming that he can hold his own there and uh and Ferguson communicates well with him, which is a big if because that's been Fergo's knock this year is the communication in defense. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they go because he's up there up against Croker and is it Valame on that side?
1: Or, yeah, yeah.
3: So Croker, oh, no. Croker not Croker in, and
1: Harley,
3: oh, Harley Smith Shields. Well, Croker not in the best form this year, but still a, a very slippery centre, and is um you know being pretty consistently uh, quality with the ball in hand, even if he has his defensive issues. So it's a good test for Pannacini because it's a, a guy that's going to test him in defence, but also give him the opportunity to impose himself in offence.
0: All right, and um, other areas. Uh, last time, Isaiah Papali he was the. Uh showed that he was the head and shoulders, the, the best papa lee.
1: Alpha Papalee. Yep. That's
0: what I was looking for, Bertie. Thanks for getting that, that
1: word in there. <laughs> Bing! <laughs>
3: I think that was established last time we met when he um, trampled uh, Josh to score a try down that left edge.
0: Yeah, but I have to say, Raiders in the last two weeks, they've looked a lot better than they have. We started True. really their slide all the way back. We did, um, yeah. What was it, round four, five, something like that? Uh, six. Six there, yeah. Um, but I think, um, especially for them, they've sort of got the it right with Josh Hodson moving to like sort of a roving 13 role after about 20, 25 minutes and bringing Josh Starling on for the majority of the game. But they've also had Tarpany step up in um, – he's been missing since, I guess, the beginning of the season. They've also had um, – uh, who's that second role? They've got uh, Corey Harrowir and Iris probably played his best football since – before the Dogs, since he was back at Penrith. Um, so – They've certainly got some forwards that we will need to match, and we can't take them lightly, um, especially with having uh, Moses out. But uh, you'd expect us to get over the line here, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, I think so. Just, I think pretty much every position we just, I, we've got them with skill, size, experience. I think we should get them. I agree. All right. Well, with that, let's get to our predictions, Bertie.
1: Yes, I am going to tip Parramatta thirty-eight, Canberra six. Uh Will Penicini he will score a hat trick for half time and the first try. <laughs> he will run over Jared Croker. Um, like legit, I think you look at the, like we have got to target uh, Sam Williams. You know, you look at what um what Manly did to him and also the week before that they uh they target it was a practically ident- identical try what they did target him you know, and I just feel as though with um Papa on that side you know um, Peter Sen- Will Peter Sen- I can't say his name. I'm gonna say Young Will right, Young Will and um uh Civo. like just you got three people and look just. Even if you have, like, the, what we used to do, that play with Semi, just have Silva come back and run out. So we've got to target Semi. You know, he's a busted grape. He can't defend. And, yeah, um, I don't think Ruppena, Rup you know, he can defend fullback. You know, we can probably catch him out a bit early with a couple. I think a big win. And some, same thing like we did when we versed him earlier. We'll just take care of business. Just frustrate the shit out of him. Tipping a big game from Will. From Will. 40. I'm doubling
3: down on what Birdie said. Uh, I've got logic. I'm, sh- I'm sure Ham was going to use the same logic, too. Uh, Jacob Arthur on debut one try Sean Russell on debut two tries Will Penasini on debut the hat trick three tries also first try scorer going down that right edge and crashing over Um, and I will also back us into a a pretty solid win Uh, I will go Parramatta Eels 30 no Mitch Moses goal kicking makes me have to think of this Uh, 37 to 10
2: disrespectful field
3: goal disrespectful field goal snuck in there somewhere
2: him Um, it's funny. I was actually going to pick Will Penazzini for my first try scorer as well. I think, uh, first off my first tip, I think all of our tries will come from the right edge, whether it be scored on the right side of the post through a prop with Reedy passing that way or the right flank. I'm tipping all right side players. That's where all of our points are coming from this week, I reckon. And I think my first try scorer, I was going to go Will, (laughs) but since everybody else has, I'm going to go Matto. Did you do a score, him? No, I haven't yet. Uh, um, So if Will is scoring his hat trick, and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 5, 30. Let's go 32 to 6.
0: 32-6. Good win, good win. All right, I've got the Eagles winning 28-12, to and I've got... uh, Who do I want want to go first, try scorer? Wanga Blake. He hasn't been around the the try scorer as much lately. Backing him in. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up the footy talk. Unless we want to touch on some of the other games, I think this is more of a clear cut round for mine. I think I'll use my joker this week. So Roosters against Knights, six o'clock on Friday. Also at Sun—no, oh, sorry, that's at Sunshine Coast Stadium. You expect Roosters to win that one. Yeah. Yep. Then Cowboys against Storm, uh, being <laughs> the the highlight game. Cowboys thirteen dollars outsiders. Oh. Storm by a 1,000.
3: What's the line on this
0: game?
2: Uh, Close enough.
0: (laughs) Storm are are scoring at a rate of about 42 points a game. It's ridiculous. So don't tell me there's there's nothing wrong with the six again rule. There's something fucking wrong with the six again rule. Like,
2: yeah. That's close to our 2001 numbers, isn't it? I think they're projected to finish
0: ahead
1: of the 2001.
3: The Cowboys have been given a a 26.5 point start in this game, and I don't know if that's enough to cover. (laughs) Wow, that
1: won't even be enough for the first half, mate. Seriously, yeah. it might be like fucking forty yeah. nil. Like,
3: uh, total match points is fifty one and a half on the overs, so maybe get in on that for a dollar ninety.
1: Yeah, but Jesus. but like you think surely enough, saw more like you know, there'll, there'll be a banana game, like they'll just a banana a peel game. Out. Yeah,
3: be I don't know. the 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 golf between the good teams and the bad teams is so big at the moment. So I don't even know if that you can have a banana peel game and still get away with it.
0: Three o'clock on Saturday, Rabideau is taking on Warriors. You expect Rabbitohs and a canter in this one,
3: yes, sir. Yeah. Especially for all the injuries for the Warriors. I'm tipping the
1: week. Warriors, by the way.
3: Did they name any of the no, no, no Tohu Harris, no Roger Tavares, no Wade Egan. So uh, yeah. my
2: no Rocco Berry, no get Rocco back. Berry, Rocco. And Latrell's back for South Sydney, so that left edge will be yeah firing. Mm-hmm. Then five
0: thirty seagulls in six taking on West in twelfth West five dollars fifty outsiders Man. seagulls see Tom Trebovich and DCE come if, back. If
1: West are going to make that
3: finals push, they could do us a real solid in this game and uh, knock over the seagulls and give us a, the extra bit of breathing room. Not that we need it, because but I'm um, also seeing Manly trip up would be pretty funny. But this is a pretty clear-cut Manly tip, isn't it?
0: Um, all right, then on to the next match, which is Penrith taking on the Broncos. Uh, Broncos 5 five fifty outside. Do you expect Penrith to win this one in a canter as well?
3: I'm surprised the Broncos are that short. <laughs> like honestly,
2: how uh, much were they? Five fifty. Five fifty. Jeez, mm, who's, who's playing for the Darren Lockyer back for the Broncos? <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> it feels like it because um, if I know the Storm are, are absolutely hosing teams at the moment, but Penrith is still pretty good even without Cleary, so that's very generous on the Broncos. Um, Dylan Edwards back for what it's worth for, for the Panthers, which will help them.
2: But yeah, he was back last week, was, was he? Thinking of Lord uh, Luai.
3: Alright, Luai back now, so yeah, that's that's a huge in. Yeah, this is this shouldn't be
0: close. Um, all right, and then Dragons taking on Titans, one fifty pm. Titans dollar fifty two favourites. <clears throat> Dragons resting, Corey Norman's out. I don't know if that's dropped on form grounds or because they have to. <laughs> no, I think, it was, I think that's his suspension. His suspension yeah, it is yeah. his suspension. Jackson Ford and Braden Williams are both out, so I guess that's probably all for...
3: This is the, the coin toss game of the round, it feels like. Um,
0: yeah, I agree.
3: Tit- titans having... Is this an away game at home? This is an away game at home, yeah. So uh, this is pretty fortuitous for them. I don't know. Uh, the Titans are so weird. So you'd think the Titans, but I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Ben Hunt does enough to get them over the line in a scrappy affair. Who's Toby Sexton? Because yeah. he's playing in the halves for the
2: Titans. He's a, uh, oh, who do you play? I think he played for Palm Beach Corumbin.
3: And Greg's back on the wing for the Titans. Good to see that. So I don't know. This game, I do not know. Maybe, the, maybe the Titans.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. I've got the Titans. And then Bulldogs, 16th, taking on Sharks in 8th. Uh, we'd expect Sharks to win that one. Sharks have to, to get it us. done,
3: man. They've got to get it done. If they if they want to make any serious push for the 8th, they, they're still an 8th at, at the moment, but they're sliding at the mo- in the last few weeks. So they've got to get this one done. I know the Dogs have been playing some tough footy and they love to have a, a cheeky little go in the back of the season, but I don't know. Go the Sharkies in this one.
0: Right, well, I think that wraps it up. Uh, other sport news: Tokyo Olympics start quite soon. <laughs> NRL The, the COVID, the COVID outbreaks have begun camp. in the
3: Olympics as well. There's like 50 people already uh, infected, not not just athletes, but like auxiliary <laughs> staff.
2: Inside. Oh yeah, it's completely <laughs> fucked. <laughs> it's completely oh, yeah. At least fucked. they have those cardboard beds so that um, <laughs> cardboard doesn't uh, stay on. Oh, COVID doesn't sound cardboard. Uh, so on, w- yeah. Weren't weren't they shown to be a far like uh, f- a false thing? No, the the like miss- reason I think the reason was people were saying the reason um behind the cardboard beds was that um they don't want the Olympic athletes getting it on <laughs> but it's not to be true it's just I mean, it's just like a cheaper way of making a bed um, but uh, it's it's fascinating it's the media are really fascinated on Olympians having sex yeah they're really focused in on it
0: because like, yeah well they do go through a shitload of of doms, don't they? they? They like hand them out for free.
2: Well, that's the thing. They're, every every four years, that's the thing. This is how many condoms are being used in the Olympic Village. Yeah, because they're mid twenties, they're fit, athletic people, probably attractive. I don't know,
1: but <laughs> like, jeez, of course they
3: are. There is an unhealthy fascination with it, though. You're certainly right about that.
1: I mean, there's a reason why Curious pulled out. Tell you what, if I was an if I was an Olympic
2: athlete. I'd be. I'd probably be. Well, what? Well, <laughs> here's a question for you: is, What what would your Olympic sport be if you're an Olympian? I
3: don't even know what they do these days because they've got so much weird shit in
2: there. Um, I'd be a clay shooter.
3: A clay shooter? <laughs> <A>
2: clay shooter? <laughs> That'd be because I can have the big guts. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh,
3: that's true. That's
1: true.
0: Um. So in real big news, uh, tomorrow Bucks in seven. How good's that gonna be?
3: Yeah, the NBA finals. Uh. It feels like the Bucks have got all the momentum. That's for sure. I don't know if the signs science- coming
0: from two two nil down. Yeah,
1: they've won the last three.
3: It, it, it mean obviously you are a Bucks boy, but I feel really bad for Chris Paul if he ends up losing another series.
1: Like poor, uh, Paul Devin Booker man. He's so close to promise, so close to having a kid with one of the Kardashians. <laughs> Forget about the championship. It's all about getting the kid. Poor Booker.
3: Uh, but it, I mean, either way, it'd be a good winner. Obviously Giannis completing his destiny to become a uh a winner would be huge and otherwise you'd have an upstart franchise in the Suns um sort of beating the system. Um and I mean I say that as well, the Bucks aren't exactly a, a big uh, market team in relation to some of the other franchises like uh, the New York uh pair and some of the other big ones. But yeah, I'd be I'm happy if a winner either way here. I've got no dog in this fight. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.
0: All right. Well, I think that wraps up here. We'll leave it here. Um, I can. I, I've had to lay down because I tweaked my back on a run yesterday morning, oh, no. and it is agony. Yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> hang on. the podcast has its own Mitchell Moses. Yeah. Oh fuck!
3: Moses, He's put the podcast on his back.
0: Oh, I've no did. It was like a, <laughs> yeah. it, it was just. I've been doing easy runs, like you know, just like five k's, just oh. smashed that's, out. That's the thing, though, is that those right, back injuries just take a little,
3: <laughs> take a little tweak, and then your body. Get wrist hold. they're absolutely brutal. So
2: Big sports news, big sports news breaking Gels Marble runs. Oh the uh former Marble Olympics, now the Marble League, uh back on back on uh YouTube. So get onto that. The uh, my team the the aquatics didn't make it the Oceanics, sorry, didn't make it, but um they just had their first event in the Marble League twenty twenty one. What happened of, to the Marble Grand Prix? Did they actually finish that off or do they just stop?
0: Uh, no, I don't I think
1: they
2: stopped at one
1: point. Do the marbles have to wear masks? And so <laughs> they... I, want to... Uh, I, I don't think, think we, really everybody... at <laughs> we should sell that shit. <laughs> Marble <go> masks. masks. <laughs> Call <laughs> them masks.
3: <laughs> uh, masks. All right. all right. We'll wrap up there. Dealing with the big issues on <laughs> current <purple> <laughs> <well, laughs> All right. Always a bunch of boys. See you next week. <laughs>
1: okay. Bye. Go to the ears. Bye.
0: When they
2: close the eyes, you do the battle thing. You're on your parade, are you brave and bold? You fight in the blue, and work your way to you gold. And when you see the other side slowly up to yield, we raise our voices.